Hola and welcome to the Align Podcast with Audrey. Get ready to go behind the scenes and uncover the secrets of what it takes to become an exceptional woman. Join me as we dive deep into the nitty gritty of daily practices that build the foundation for success and happiness. From faith to fitness, mindset work to daily disciplines, we'll explore it all. This podcast is specifically designed for women who are ready to unlock their true potential. So grab your favorite drink, get comfy, and let's embark on this journey together, uncovering the real day-to-day practices that shape extraordinary women. On the podcast today, I have a woman who was instrumental in changing my life. If you know me and my story, I will always say that becoming a beach body now body coach has given me more education and more found more formation than college or anything else that I've ever done. And the woman that planted the seed in that for me in my life is Mickey Fernandez. Mickey Fernandez is a fireball of a woman, as you are about to receive. And she is a former banker who took a risk, called by God, and became a transformation coach. Mickey, welcome. Thank you, Audrey. I'm so excited and I'm nervous to be on here today. I always get excited and I know the excitement and the nervousness doesn't come from me. I know it's the spirit. So Mm -hmm. I'm just going to let the spirit lead me and sharing what he wants me to share tonight. I love that you said that because a lot of people take fear and think, oh, okay, this means I'm not supposed to do this. Mm -hmm. We don't know what excitement is or sometimes what it even feels like to be led by the Holy Spirit. And it could feel, we could be interpreting it as as fear, but it is that excitement. That is that like, yes, go, go in that direction. Absolutely. And, you know, when you introduced me and you, you know, you shared the fact that I did take a risk um, when I left my corporate job of um, I was vice president at Citibank and I did that for 27 years. And in the eyes of man, I, I was crazy mm-hmm. to, to take that huge risk. But the call, the nudge, you know, it was like that that impatient child, right? So I know you're you're a mom of three amazing boys. And for those that are listening, if you have children, you know how children are like when they want something, they just keep nagging you. It feels like a nag, nag, nag. And so that's how I felt. And I was like, okay, fine. I'm going to do it. Okay, let's go. You got my back, right? Because right. you got my back, right? <laughs> and I think that's the scariest part of all, right? This week I've been, this this has actually been a theme for me this week, just reflecting on that voice of the Holy Spirit in our hearts when you know he's telling you to do something, but you're like, "Mm, mm, you know what? No, mm, no. And you just start negotiating, negotiating it away until like you stop trusting yourself. And that's a dangerous place to go. Mm. But you didn't do that. No, no, not at all. It was when I, when I reflect back to that moment, I'm like, oh my goodness, Mickey, like in the flesh, no way would I have taken that risk. Absolutely not. Like, absolutely not. But here I am today, 12 years later, doing this full time. And now is when I'm seeing the blessing of why he nudged me mm. back then to get me here today so that I could, I'm getting goosebumps. So I can be my mom's full-time caregiver. Mm. And it would have not happened if I had not said yes. I'm getting goosebumps now thinking about it because I've seen this and I've known Mickey for 
12 years. So, so when I first met you, you had just left. Yes, it was in, I left in, uh, 2012. Yes. That's when I joined. That's when I joined in I left February, 2012. Um, and it's just, it's just, it's mind boggling. Like God is so amazing. And when they say, you know, when God shows up, he shows off. He mm. really does. Mm-hmm. And I am just every, like, every day I come here, I'm sitting here in my prayer office and I just thank him every day um, for using me. Right. And there's so much, there's so much I want to share. And I just want to make sure that I am, um, I can, I can like ramble on, but there's just so much like I, you know, Audrey, when you had asked me, I'm like, okay, so which chapter do you want me to share? Because I have so many chapters. I have entered chapter 57 this year. I cannot believe that. Yeah, 57. Like, no. I- <laughs> no way. <laughs> well, this is what having a healthy lifestyle does for you. I know you guys can't see Mickey. Well, hopefully after this podcast, you'll go find her and connect with her. But she looks incredible. For 57, yeah, I, I feel, I really do feel amazing. Every so often, though, I feel like the cranks, I'm like, okay, I, this must be age. But what I want to share um, with the audience tonight is the biggest lesson that God taught me. Mm. And it wasn't, it wasn't taking the risk 12 years ago when I left my job. That was a huge part of my mission because my mission is taking care of my mom. Mm. Um, huge blessing, not always easy, but a huge blessing. But the biggest lesson for me has been the power of forgiveness. The power of forgiveness. And so let let me let me rewind for one second. Please do. Like where this all started. Um, I am the eldest of three, just a little bit of background. So I'm, I'm the eldest of three. My parents divorced when I was 12. And I've always been my mom's caregiver, even as a child. I always looked after my mom. Like I vividly remember, Audrey, I might've been like six or seven and mommy was going to church. And I remember that day was in the evening, it was pouring rain. I don't recall what time it was, but it was dark out. And I told my grandmother, mama, like mommy's it's been too long. Like she's been out too long. Something must have happened to her. I, I'm going to go find her. And she goes, mira, Miguelina, you mm. are not stepping out of this house. I'm like, she's my mother. I need to go after her. Like um, I've always just protected her. Yeah. Um, till, till today. Um, so when my parents, you know, split, that was a pivotal moment in my life because I was raised pretty much by my mom and my grandmother who were hustlers. My, they were hustlers. Yeah. And my father was just the opposite. My father, a huge heart. Cause I do have to say, I do have to say, I, I don't know, you know, ladies and gents, if you're listening to this, I don't know what relationship you have with your dad, but I'm telling you right now, God chose him because yeah. he needed his DNA to make you who you are today. So yeah. we need to embrace that. Let's start with that first. You got to embrace your father. I don't care what wrongs he's done. God needed him to make you you and that's why i took care also of my father till he took his last breath even though he stopped taking care of us even though he abandoned us for another family and never put a loaf of bread on the table for his kids but yet i took care of him 
I know Mickey right now that so many people are listening and they're like, that's my story. That's my story. How do I do something like that? What are you talking about? I don't know if my faith will take me there. Can you talk to us a little bit about your own faith formation and how did it feel as these things were coming up? Was it easy? Like, did you, did you see yourself in a position like I have to forgive him? I have to embrace this and still be there for him. Or did that take time? It took time. It it really took time. Um, I remember, okay. So, so they broke up when I was 12. I was very bitter against him um, because he had cheated on my mom with another woman. Um, My father was a gambler, big time. I could write a whole book about that, but we're going to keep it short tonight. Um, He gambled so much that my mom lost the house. And so it had to be, it was a very deep story. So and you understood this as a child? I didn't 100% understand everything. I didn't. But once again, I am my mom's caregiver. Don't you hurt my mom. Right. I don't care who you are, including my father. I remember being 12. And I I had mentioned to my grandmother, my mom, and there was also a friend of my father that was happened to be here. And I said something like, you know, if they don't get along, like they can just break up, mm-hmm. something like that. So he came home drunk that night and he pretty much tried to beat the living crap out of me because I had said that. And I remember running into my grandma's room with my brother, Tony. Tony was like a little rug rat mm-hmm. and he was helping me close the door because I could hear him Come saying he was going to beat the crap out of me for being such a loose, having such a loose tongue. Um, the cops were involved. Like it got really ugly. And so cops came, my mother, you know, like let, leave him alone. And so when everybody left, he forced me to get on my knees and apologize to him. Mm. And my mom was standing there. She's like, go ahead, go ahead, hit her, go ahead. And I'm looking at her like, are you freaking crazy? Like you're telling him, but yeah, she, she was pretty much like, I did, like, you're not touching her. And from that moment on, I hated my father. Mm. I hated him. And that, that moment right there was very pivotal for me in my relationship with men. I can totally see why. Which, yeah, like, again, that's another chapter. That's another chapter. Um, But like, even in our relationship with God, I know of so many people that suffer because like, what kind of father is God? If he let me go through all of these things with my earth father, how am I going to develop a relationship with this guy, daddy? If like, I don't know what, a, what it's like to have a father or a father that's good for me, that wants good things for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that, and that I realized over time where I've spoken to a lot of people who don't have a, a good relationship with God. And it's because they have an unhealthy relationship with their earthly father. Yeah. So again, so that took me time. I was very, very hurt at him, um, hurt with him. And years later, my father got shot in the back of his head. My father had like freaking nine lives. Wow. Yeah. And the minute I heard that, I was like 23 when that happened. I ran to the hospital. Like I was the first person he saw. I totally forgot about what had transpired years ago. All I knew was that my father, I walked in there and he was pretty much in his deathbed. And that was the beginning somewhat of me forgiving him. Not a hundred percent because at that point, yes, I loved God, 
But no, I didn't have a relationship with him. And mm -hmm. I didn't understand the power of forgiveness and the fact that you can't do it by yourself. You cannot, if you think that you can in your flesh forgive, I got something to tell you. you you're not. You need the power of God to forgive. You cannot do it on your own. So if you're turning your back on God and you're wondering why you, you're maybe miserable, you can't move forward in life, you want blessings, but you, you don't receive them and you're stuck, it's because you're unforgiving. Mm -hmm. You haven't surrendered. Exactly. You have to totally like, yo, I have another whole story about, I'm telling you, Lord, Audrey, I was not kidding you when I told you. I was going to do like a three-part series. <laughs> I, you know, and this is the reason why, you know, I don't know. I really do need to write a book. Anyway, mm -hmm. so so that happened with my dad. Um, he moved to Dominican Republic. And during that time that I, I had gotten married, um, I was ready. That was my second marriage, I think. Yeah. Yes, it was number two. It was, yeah, marriage number two. And my father suffered a major stroke. Like me, he already had had one before, but this one was really the one that left him in a vegetative state for seven years. For seven years. Um, and in those seven years, I went to see him pretty much every day while he was at the hospital. Um, I just felt... I don't know if it's because I'm the eldest out of the three. And again, I it must, I guess it's maybe it's, is it a gift from God? I don't know. The fact that I just felt it was my duty to take care of him. Like, even though he had done so many things to the family. Yeah. But I was already in my walk with the Lord during that time. So I knew. I I started my relationship with God. So I know that you're raised Catholic. Mm -hmm. What was it for you to then take it from culturally Catholic to Jesus is my Lord and Savior and I'm living according to his word in my life? Okay, so that happened while I was married to Peter, my late husband. And I went through hell and back. That's another chapter. Um, and I remember during that time, and and, and I, I always say that people um, always come into your life for the reason, a season or a lifetime, right? I'm sure you guys have heard that. Yeah. So during that time, an old friend of mine, I had not seen her in a hot minute. I'm talking about decades. And I bumped into her at church. Um. And so we reconnected again and she gifted me a book that Christmas and it was called the purpose driven life. Mm -hmm. Why on earth am I here for Rick Warren? The minute, yes. With Rick Warren. And the minute I opened up that book, Audrey, I wanted to jump out of my skin from joy, like joy, because as a child, I always asked myself, what am I here for? And I would always pinch myself. This I remember vividly. I must have been like seven years old. And I would pinch myself. I'm like, am I really real? Like, what am I here? Like, what am I supposed to do? So when I read the title of that book, I was, it was like an answer to my prayers. I'm like, oh my goodness, I've got to read this book. So during that time, as I was reading the book, 
that's where I learned the fact that although my father wasn't perfect, but God needed his DNA to make me who I am. Yes. I have a lot of, um, there's a lot of, well, first of all, I am his, his, um, twin. I'm his female twin. Like if he wanted to deny me, I'm sorry, dad, no way, (laughs) no way. And so that book brought so much healing. Mm. And then also at the simultaneously at the same time, I was going through a divorce from, um, we were together 14 years and my late husband had started another family while we were still married. Actually, he had two other families because there were two other women. With he had a repeat of what you lived growing up. Yes. Yes. This is my healing is so important. Absolutely. So I had no idea. I was so blind. Like I had no idea that was going on. Um, and so when this book came to me, at the same time, I was going through the divorce. My father was in a nursing home. And every day. Um, we actually did, this was before Zoom, mm-hmm. and it was my sister, my cousin, and two dear friends of mine. And every day, we did this during Lent. We read the book. It was 40 chapters, right? Because when God's doing something in your life, the number 40 is huge, my friends. Mm-hmm. And so we chose Lent to read the book. And every day, we would connect on the phone. So our name was La Conexión. That was the name of our group. And because... At that point, I don't think we, we, no, there was no Zoom. You couldn't connect more than two people on the phone. So I would call my sister. Then my sister would put me on hold. She would call my cousin. Then my cousin would put her on hold. And that's how we all connected. Yeah, I remember three-waying when I was younger. (laughs) Yeah, so we literally had five women on a call. And every day was in a hop in that book. And that's why I learned to start forgiving my late husband, because I used to call his children bastards all the time. And to the world, you totally would have been justified. Oh, absolutely. Trust me. My, my worldly friends, like, girl. Yeah. Like, what is that? Yeah. But in one of the chapters to this book, it talks about the fact that none of us are here by mistake. God knew who God, we, we all have a purpose. Before we were even born, God one five. And in that purpose is all your mess and your struggles and your suffering. All that is in there. Like God already knew everything I was gonna go through. It was all part of the plan. Because otherwise I wouldn't be here today, Audrey, speaking to you about this if I had not gone through all that and the healing. And so that is when I totally um forgave my late husband. Um, his mistresses, I forgave. Well, maybe not the second one. I still have work to do. (laughs) I'm being a hundred percent real. Like I'm still a work in progress. I love this. I love your honesty. I love your ability to take us to those really painful moments of your life and very intimate things that have gone in on in your family, because I know that a lot of listeners probably have very similar stories and are ashamed to talk to anyone about it. Yeah. And it was, you know, it, it goes it goes back to um, the beginning when you were talking about how, you know, joining body really um, played a huge role. Like this all played a huge role, body as well. You know, I thought I was coming in here for a fitness program and it was beyond that. Yeah. You know, that's the personal development. Um, it took me a while to do all that. 
because I thought I was cheating on God by reading other books if it wasn't the Bible. Mm. I don't know. If I-, <laughs> I mean, I, I totally understand that because it's like lately, even with therapy, we're we're coming around it being a stigma. Like, oh, yeah. you, you don't have depression, go pray. Like, no, God gave us therapists. <laughs> exactly, exactly, exactly. Yeah. Um, I mean, at the end of the day, if you take a look at all personal developments, they all stem from the Bible. Know, yeah, the Bible. It all stems from the Bible, you know? Um, so yeah, it was that purpose-driven life, ladies. Like, I don't know what you're going through, but I'm telling you, everything you're going through has a huge purpose. But it starts with connecting with God, surrendering, right? As Audrey said, and, you know, it's Audrey, when you use the word surrender earlier, you brought me back to a place right after I found out about my late husband, um, his um, infidelity. I was torn because it was my second marriage. I'm like, I feel like such a failure. I'm like, which is why I stayed in the marriage that long. Can you just stay there? Because that's another thing. I speak to so many women that feel like failures when life doesn't pan out the way that they expected, the way they had hoped. And that is such sacred ground that that place for mourning the life that you thought you were going to have. Mm-hmm. Um, and I did, especially, you know, with, with Peter, like I honestly thought I was going to grow old with Peter. Mm-hmm. I really did. And I don't believe that his intentions were to hurt me, but hurt people hurt people. Yeah. And he needed a lot of healing. Um, there's so many little snippets of my forgiveness with Peter a lot. There's like, it, it, it was a journey. It was an amazing journey to get there. Um, I just lost my train of thought. What I was going to say. So with Peter, um, so when I found out about what had happened, I remember I left the Dominican Republic to visit family and I, my cousin took me, I'm sorry about that. My cousin took me to El Centro Carismatico in Santiago. Mm -hmm. I'm sure you're familiar with it. (laughs) And um, so when we get there, there was a huge cross. There was a huge cross up like it's like up in a hill. My dad helped build that cross, Mickey. Really? Yes. Wow. He was tasked with organizing the, having that cross built. So let me tell you about that cross because oh, it, was, mm-hmm, it was in that cross that I got on my knees. And I remember I asked my cousin Blanca and my mom to just give me some time with JC, Jesus. I needed some time with him and I got on my knees and I just cried my heart out. Like I let, I did the ugly cry, you know, the ugly cry when it's like the bad one. And I just said, all right, Lord, I can't handle this pain. So I'm leaving at the foot of the cross and you handle it. Cause I need to move on. So you, you handle Peter. Cause I can't what's done is done. He was unfaithful to the marriage. He was unfaithful to you. So I am done. I need to move on. Okay, again, I get goose goose because I'm reliving and that. You're tearing up. I relive that moment right now. And I'm like, Lord, I'm leaving it here. Just leave it at the cross. Whatever you're going, like leave it at the cross. And it was such a weight off my shoulders when I walked away from that place. Can we talk about those moments though? Because those moments are powerful because when we think about a thriving life, none of us ever wants to experience a moment like that, right? But 
I've had moments like that. And I just, that's why I've made Romans 8, 28, my, my life verse, like all mm-hmm. things work for the good of those who love yeah. God, mm-hmm. because you fully understand that sometimes we have to be completely broken in order for us to take our dependency off of ourselves, And the world teaches so much self-reliance mm-hmm. and <laughs> where we have to leave everything is right there at the foot of his cross, at the foot of the cross, at the foot of the cross. And that again, a huge moment for me. And so during that time, again, I already had, I already had read the purpose-driven life. And all of a sudden I started gifting everybody because I wanted everybody's life to change. Like I must have gift. I read it because of you. You had all of us doing it. (laughs) (laughs) So I must have gifted that book for to at least 40 people. At least 40 people in that year, that first year that I read it, because it was so impactful. I'm like, people need to read this. Mm. You know, and because of that book is then I then started um, also um, serving at my church, mm-hmm. you know, became a catechist, a lector, like, because at the end it's like, don't be a sideline Christian. Don't be hanging in the sidelines. You, you, know what you know what I'm really passionate about, Mickey? I'm really passionate about Catholics fully living their faith because I think we get a bad rep and it's our own fault yeah. because we don't know our faith. Amen. And you know, and because of that, it's so true you say that. I'm so happy you say that because I've had a lot of my non-Catholic Christian friends, when they first meet me, all of a sudden I'm like, wait a minute, hold up, you're Catholic? Right. Like, <laughs> like, you I, know your Bible? <laughs> I'm like, oh, I thought you were a Christian. I'm like, hello, I'm a Catholic Christian. But anyway, that's another topic. Okay. So, so yeah, so that was huge for me, leading, leading at the foot of the cross. And then giving the book to everyone. And one day, one day, picture this, ladies and gents, if you're listening, I felt this whisper in my heart, you know, because that's where God speaks to us in our heart. You know, you have your ear and a heart. You realize, spell heart, H-E-A-R-T, ear. That's what he speaks to you. And it's like, gift Peter the book. I'm like, are you crazy? I am giving him no book. Again, I was still in the process of being healed. I was not a hundred yet. I'm like, I'm not giving him that book. Yes, you are. Mm. I'm like, fine, I'll do it. I was so pissed off at God because I didn't want to do it. But he, he, like, he, like, he, he nudged my heart. Like he was pinching it. Girl, that's another big topic. Like those moments, because that's what God does to us. We start surrendering and he's like, okay, go talk to this person. Tell them this. And you're like, God, no, I'm not. Oh, so listen to this. I hope I still have time to share this story at the bookstore. So I go into the bookstore and I'm like, and I'm looking for the book. I'm like, oh, good. They don't have it. Oh, thank God they don't have it. (laughs) So the salesperson goes, excuse me, miss. Can I help you with something? I'm like, "Uh, if you guys can only see my face right now. uh, And you don't happen to have, you don't have, I didn't even ask. There's a difference, right? How you ask. Do you have the purpose-driven life? No, I said, you don't have the purpose-driven life, right? (laughs) I was hoping he was going to say no. He goes, hold on. As a matter of fact, I do. This one extra one in the back. I'm like, really? God does not play. Like when we surrender our lives to God and we start listening, it's like, how did we ever think he was quiet? (laughs) Uh, No. So now I go up to the cash register and I'm, I'm so angry. I'm in, I'm in tears because I didn't want to buy the book. Yeah. 
So the uh, cashier obviously must have noticed my face and said, um, how are you today? And I'm like, I'm not good today. Funny you should ask. You know, has it ever happened to you like when your father asks you to do something, but you don't want to do it? She goes, absolutely, but you have to do it. You need to be obedient to your heavenly father. I'm like, ah. Oh my gosh. So I bought the freaking book. Even I guess the cashier was in on it. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yes, the cashier. Jay-Z was like, listen, this girl right here, she's going to come up to you. You need to tell her this. Yeah. So now I get in my car. This was um, on Queens Boulevard. So I used to live in Forest Hills. And if you know anything about Forest Hills, parking is a pain in the butt on Queens Boulevard. I'm like, look, I know there's no parking because you know I'm not going to find parking. So I got the book, but you know there's no parking, Lord, right? You know there's no parking. Uh-huh. The minute I pulled up, there was a free parking. I'm like, dude, really? Like, I, I can't. You know, sometimes I just don't like you. So I got the book. The parting of the Red Sea here, Mickey. Whoa, you're not kidding me. Like, it's insane. And so I went in and then I, you know, I dropped off. I dropped off the book. I did my part. Yeah. I did my part. Now, what God did on the other end. So now, about a year later, he doesn't say anything, by the way. Peter doesn't say anything. And at this point, I'm like, I don't care if he says that. All I know is that I listened to God, even though I didn't want to do it, but I was obedient. Yes. And so 2011, I have this, what I thought was a dream, but it was a vision. And I saw my ex-husband laying on a bed. It was not a bed. What do you call those when, um, when they, when they put the stretcher, like a stretcher? Yeah. It was like a stretcher. And he was laying there with a white sheet covering him and his lips were really white and there was blood coming out of his side lip. And then I saw myself praying over him, but like from a distance. Yeah. And I'm like, and I woke up that morning. I'm like, that was odd. So I go, he must be going through something. So I get to church and I'm praying for him. I'm like, Lord, you know, whatever he's going through up until this point, I would always pray for him. Um, because let me back up for one second. When, when I left him and I remember I, I cried my heart out and I opened up the Bible. I'm like, God speak to me. Like, I can't believe I'm going through this again. And there was a scripture and I re I really, sh I wish I would have written it down, Audrey, because I don't remember it. All I know is that it scared living daylights out of me when I read it, because it pretty much, it was something to the effect, like, um, like those who turn their back on, on the Lord, like they're going to get their skin like ripped off, like, like a lion, a lion will devour you. It was something to that effect. And I got scared and then closed the Bible. And then every day I would pray. I'm like, Lord, have mercy on him. Please have mercy on him. And every morning when I, I would watch New York one news, if there was a fire, if there was a killing, I'm like, Oh my God, let me see if it's Peter. Mm because it was so like, I knew something was going to happen to him. I just knew. And my mother had asked, she goes, aren't you going to, you know, um, um, go file for your annulments. I'm like, no, cause Peter's going to die. I'm like, she goes, what are you talking? What are you saying, Mickey? I'm like, because God told me in those, in the Bible, it says it What's coming to him is not easy. 
He's not going to get away with what he did to me. I'm not doing anything. That's God. She Oh, she was scared of you. Like, what are you up to? Yeah, no, she's like, you better not be saying stuff because people are going to think that you're putting trepasito in one of his drinks or something. Like, you know, trepasito is, you know, for those that don't know, is like, it's, uh, it's, um, I mean, how do you say it in English? Bad poisoning. It's bad poisoning. And she goes, you better not say that to people because if something happens to him, they're going to think it was you. And I'm like, well, okay, that's fine. I won't say anything, but I'm not, I'm not filing for, for the annulment because he's going to die. Like I knew, I just knew. And so when I got, when I, when he gave me that vision, I got, my heart was like palpitating at church. And so when I got home, the nudge again, the nudge wouldn't leave me alone. He's like, call his nephew, who was my godson, call him, ask for Peter. At this point, I already had maybe like three to four years I hadn't spoken to him. And so I called my godson and um, I actually, I texted him. I'm like, hey, you know, it's it's Mimi. That's what the kids call me. It's Mimi just checking in. How's your uncle doing, by the way? He's like, ah, oh, he acts like he's okay, but he's really not. I'm like, what are you talking about? He's like, uh, isn't that what you're calling me for? I'm like, no, what's going on? She's like, uncle Pete's dying. So I just like, I, I, my legs turned to, like to spaghetti. Like I wanted, I just literally almost fell off the chair. Yeah. And so I got on the phone and he was, he's got, um, stage four cancer, colon cancer. He doesn't want anybody to know. He goes, I thought you knew. I'm like, no, I actually didn't. But see, that's how God works. When you are sensitive to God's voice. Yeah. And when I say voice, it's not always hearing it right um a physical voice but it's the nudge in your heart he could speak to you in a dream through through nature he will he will get your attention whichever which way he's loud very loud and so um i messaged peter the next day and i just text him and i said um that i he was I didn't tell him that I knew. I just said something like, listen, I know you're going through something because you know that I always know when something's going on with you. There's just a connection. And um, he messaged me two days later. I was at the office. I was actually uh, standing at the customer service counter in the front of my office when I got the text. And the text pretty much said, just when I thought that God didn't love me, he sends me an angel to whisper in my heart. I totally lost it. I totally lost it totally lost it. I ran, I ran to the kitchen and I just cried my heart out. That is the, yeah. Floodgate of emotions. Oh, it, it was, it was powerful. And so from that moment on, I, I stayed in connection with him. That was, that happened like in April. Yeah. That happened in April and he passed away that June. So from April to June, I was in pretty much daily communication with him. And that's why I always tell people, you know, everybody, you know, thinks about this, having this beautiful love story, but I'm going to tell you right now, I have the best beautiful love story. And I'll tell you why. Because God used Peter to get my attention. Because although I believed in God, I didn't have a relationship with him. And I also had an unforgiving heart. So he allowed Peter, Peter was part of, he he was part of, he was part of the purpose, part of the package. He allowed him to come into my life 
so that I can look up. And that's exactly what happened. I remember that day vividly when I got on my knees and I, and I had to look up. I'm like, all right, JC, like I need you because either I'm going to, I'm going to go behind bars because I'm going to kill him or you're going to save me. And so God used me, God used him to get my attention. And then God used me to bring Peter back to him before he passed away. Did he? That's the story. So every day I would text him. And if I didn't, what I would text, I would just check in with him. And then I would always send him scripture. And um, if I didn't text him by nine o'clock, he would message me. He's like, um, you're late. Yeah. And this is what I want to share with you. That's very powerful. So I'm going to go um, to my email because there was one day he was going for his chemo and I wanted to go with him. And I remember telling, oh, by the way, I remember telling my family when I found out Peter had cancer, I'm like, all right, guys, um, I, I am, Peter and I are divorced. Um, in, 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 in the eyes of man, I'm divorced, but in the eyes of God, I'm still married to him. So I want you guys to know whether you like it or not, I'm going to take care of him. If I need to wipe his butt, I'm going to do it. Some of my family members were like, huh? Mm. And I have no problem doing it. He didn't, he didn't want to, but I was willing. I was a hundred percent willing to do so. Um, so I asked him if I can go with him to chemo. Um, he wanted to go on his own. He had, you know, he had a very big ego. It was bigger than his head. Um, <laughs> he was a really funny guy. Peter was a really, really funny guy. Um, so I sent him a message, a prayer, and I prayed for the blood of Jesus to run through his veins um, and bring healing, not just to his body, but to his soul. Yes. More than anything else, I wanted healing in his soul because we all know he was coming to an end. Yeah. And I wanted, I wanted to make sure that he's going to Jesus. And yeah. you know what? I know he's with him. Mm. Um, so he sends me a, a message. You know, back in the days, they didn't have these phones that we have today. So he used to have, what are you, what? What are they called? Um, it's a way. <laughs> so he sends me a message and this was on April 13, 2011. I still have the email saved. I share it all the time because it's so powerful because I want to show God's God's mercy, you know? Um, so he says, I have a tale to tell you, but my SMS only allows 160 characters. Everything went as usual today at the doctor's office, except for one thing. There are several drugs that are added to the chemo cocktail to suppress the potential side effects. One is a steroid that has a side effect of its own that I am not immune to. I experience quite a bit discomfort every time I am injected, except today. Before the injection, before the injection, I read my morning pick-me-up message that you sent me, and there was zero pain. You still got your magic, kid. Not bad for an old hag. Love you. God is so amazing because you're you're the one that went through all this pain. Like again, to the world, you're you're this victim. Mm -hmm. And then God took your story and redeemed it in a way in which you lived up to your marriage vows. That sacrament of marriage, where you were then the one that healed him in his soul before he passed. 
And that's what God calls us to. And that I know that aspect of relationship with God is something that might keep so many people away. Like you just don't understand. I cannot forgive this. Yes, you can. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I know. And, and, and I want to take it. The last thing with Peter. So he passes away. Um, Oh, actually before that, God gave me the opportunity to take him to church. Mm -hmm. So I picked him up. Um, we went to church uh, where we got married in St. Um, Queen, uh, Our Lady Queen of Martyrs in Forest Hills. And so we went to mass that Sunday morning. I held hands. You would you would have thought we were a happy married couple. Right. Wow. And, and we did our usual. We went for breakfast afterwards. It was it was beautiful. It really was beautiful. And I knew that was the last time I was going to see him because when he went to kiss me goodbye, I could smell from his breath that his body was rotten already. So he was already shutting down. And when he said goodbye from the from the door to the house, I just I just knew I'm not going to see him again. And um, and that's exactly what happened. He passed away on Father's Day that year. And he was cremated because mom, his mom was taking him back to Puerto Rico. And I'm like, before you take, you know, his remains, I need to have a mass for him. So I went to the church where we got married and it, the, the priest was looking at me. Like he, he was like, wait a minute. So if I understand this correctly, you're not the wife. I'm like, well, I am because I'm still married by church. So I'm still the wife. Sacramental wife. <laughs> I'm the sacramental wife, wife. He's like, so how long has it been since you guys have been five years? He's like, okay. So he took all the information, you know, I gave a donation to the church and then I called my ex-sister-in-law. I'm like, please make sure that you invite so-and-so who happens to be one of the women that he had because he has two children with her mm -hmm. and they need to attend their father's funeral mass. And um, so I invited them to the mass. I met the kids for the first time. And I've been so healing though, Mickey. Yeah. Oh, but wait a minute. Okay. So I think, yeah, extremely, but before that, before, okay, wait, I've totally forgot this one. Hold on a second. So when he was cremated, I went to the cremation. I went, I went with my sister-in-law because I was very nervous. Um, I got to see his, he didn't want to be, he didn't want, um, he didn't want a, a funeral at all. Um, but at the funeral home, we were allowed to see his body. Mm -hmm. And exactly how I saw his body in the funeral home is exactly the vision God gave me back in April. That's how I saw him. Exactly like that. And um, so we when we went to the, um, the to the crematory, um, the lady was there. I, her name escapes me right now. Um, but she was there with her parents. And the gentleman from the funeral home, the funeral director asked, you know, does anybody want to say some last words? And my former sister-in-law, she's like, yes, his wife right here. I'm like, <laughs> oh, goodness. So when I tell you, ladies and gents, that it wasn't even me, I felt this force that just led me in front of the coffin. I just felt, and, and I spoke about forgiveness. 
I spoke about how, you know, Peter did not want anyone to know he was going through this, but you know who wanted me to know? God wanted me to know. And I said, and I don't know where your relationship with God is, all of you that are sitting here, but I'm telling you, he's a forgiving father. And I said more, and I just don't recall because it's been years now. Uh, but then at the end, my heart went out to her. When I saw her break down with her dad, I mean, here she is having to raise two little boys. And this is my sister-in-law. You know my sister-in-law, Sally, um, Audrey. Um, Belsie. <laughs> Belsie looked at me like, oh, my goodness. I just went up to her and I just hugged her. I just felt a need that I just needed to hug this woman. And by the way, I knew her because she used to work with my ex-husband. Like she knew me. The betrayal is so much bigger. Yeah. Look at what and God I just, I remember vividly holding her face and kissing her on the forehead. I'm like, just take care of those boys. Cause that's what Peter wants you to do. And then she just sobbed on my shoulder and asked me for forgiveness. That is so good, Mickey. Like, I just want to praise him right now because he restores all things, all things. He's a restorer. He's a redeemer. He is so merciful because who would have thought that your healing would have come this full circle? It's, and I really want to thank you for giving me the opportunity to share this part of my story. Um, cause sometimes I realize I, I take it maybe for granted sometimes. And I don't realize like, it's like, oh, you know, I forgave, but there's a lot of people out there that need healing. Mm -hmm. And by sharing stories like myself, this testimony, right? Cause your test is your testimony, your mission, you know, your mess is your mission. And, um, this just reminds me that I need to be sharing more on the power of forgiveness. Yes. So I want to thank you. I know you thank me for being on, but I want to say thank you, Audrey, uh, for inviting me tonight. Thank you for saying yes. And for those of you that are listening, I haven't really spoken to Mickey in four years. Since I've had Zane, I, 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 you know, I haven't been attending body events or really working that business. And it just came to my heart last week. Invite Mickey. And I just shot her a text. And when you saw a text from me, you were probably like, oh. Yeah. and she said yes and she said she's like god's been wanting me to talk about forgiveness i guess he thinks i'm ready amen to that and i know that this message is going to minister to so many people because having a relationship with christ is not about the happiness and rainbows and hugs you are going to go through some difficult things and the reason that Mickey did this is because she fully surrendered to him. There's no other way humanly possible that we would ever want to do anything like this. Not at all. Not at all. You know, and, and, and as you as you just share that, I remember years ago, a good friend of mine, uh, we were we happened to be in a mall in, in Boston. And before we had, you know, we were heading out to back home to New York. She said, she goes, Mickey, I just need to go into, into the mall. She had to do something. And sure enough, there was a chapel inside the mall. And um, as we we're walking over towards, I'm like, oh, you know, I said, you don't mind if we, you know, if we go in. And as we were walking in, the priest was by the door. He goes, look at you. We were just waiting for you. Wow. And we had just spoken about 
forgiveness the night before in our hotel. And she had asked me because she knows my story. She goes, how did you forgive? I'm like, take it to the Eucharist, girl. Mm. And then we end up going to mass the next day. And she just looked at me. She's like, I can't believe this is just happening. But that's I'm, God. I'm just like a mess throughout this whole episode. Like that then Jesus gives himself to you in the next day in that moment. Uh-huh. Like I've been waiting for you. Yep. It, it was, it was crazy. And she's like, oh, I guess we're going in. I'm like, yes, we are. Yes, we are. So we all have a story to tell. We all do. Um, and I, I've learned the more I connected with God, not to be embarrassed because as a Latina, you know, we know that, oh, you can't say this because, you know, what's the family going to say? You know, what are the neighbors going to say? You can't put your family's business out there. Right. You know, and so Mickey, maybe 20 something years ago would not be on this podcast. But praise God, you are. Amen to that. Amen to that. <laughs> Ooh, I had to like wash my face <laughs> after this. Mickey, Kate, thank you so much for being here. Thank you. I'm just thinking in my head. I wonder when Mickey is going to be canonized as a saint. <laughs> because like, wow, you had to really empty yourself of you to let Jesus work in you in that way. And I know that it goes on for you also being there for your mom and everything else that you do. So may God bless you and give you the strength to keep going. And may you always have that docility of heart to be open to his word. Amen. Thank you, Audrey. Thank you so much. And Mickey, before we wrap up, where can they find you? Oh, you can find me on Instagram under Mickey Fernandez, M-I-C-K-I, Fernandez, F-E-R-N-A-N-D-E-Z. I go by the same name on Facebook as well. So, and if you need um, anything, any questions you may have, feel free just to shoot me a message. I'll be more than happy um, to help as much as I can. I just remembered I have three, I'm trying to be good about this and I forget. I always ask people about their morning routine, a book that they're reading and their favorite Bible verse, but I'm formed by you. So I know about your morning routine. Um, your favorite book here. What are you reading now? So right now, um, it's, it's, it's funny that you say this. What am I reading right now? Um, we are in Advent season and I love these holy times of the year. And especially now with Advent, because it's a time of preparation of waiting. And so, um, I'm like, I need a, a good Advent book. I want to, um, just immerse myself in. And so my spiritual mentor, David Bassono, um, just released, he said, he called it his devotional, but it's not, it's, it's an Advent course. Um, and it's called, um, uh, Esperando con Café. Ah, I've seen it. Esperando con Café, 176 pages. I mean, he went in on this, um, so I'm I'm reading that right now, you know, for Advent. And then I'm also reading um by Matthew Kelly on living your best uh, the last fourth quarter of your life. That has been such an eye opener for me because I'm getting close to the fourth quarter of my life. And so if you think about a football game, when they're in the fourth quarter, 
all the way to the end, that's you're going, you're going all in to win that fourth quarter. Yeah. And so I am literally three years away from living that last fourth quarter, from entering my fourth quarter. I can't believe I just said, I just turned 16 a couple of days ago. Like what happened? I get that feeling. <laughs> like what happened, you know? So I'm really diving in a lot um, into more into my spirituality. Um, as far as the matters. Because that's, that's what I need. Yeah. That's what I need because where I am in my life right now, I'm like, okay, God, if you, if you were to call me today, I, I just want to make sure that I have emptied myself. Mm. And I know there's so much, you know, as, as my mom's caregiver, I will say, and I'm being like totally transparent with this, um, that for a long time, I felt like I was not serving God because I'm so limited to what I can do because I'm home. Um, you know, and watching my mom being her mother's caregiver, you know, I was like, oh, I'll, now it's my turn. I do the same thing. But, you know, my mom didn't have the responsibilities that I also have, you know, in running my business. So I have, I am running a business. I'm like, okay, you know, I'm, you're not superwoman, Mickey. You need help. You need help. Um, so by doing so, uh, which I am in the process, I know that I'm going to be able um to dive much deeper into my mission, into my calling. Um, although a good friend of mine said, Mickey, but taking care of your mom is part of your mission too. As your domestic church. Yeah. So that's why reading the book about the fourth quarter has hit home for me. Um, because as, as I'm getting close to it, I just want to ensure that when he calls me home, because <laughs> we're all going there. Yeah. We're all, we're all going to get there, right? And so I just want to make sure that I'm living out that dash between my birthday and when he calls me to the max. I mean, you're doing that on this podcast right here. Amen. And your favorite Bible verse. Oh my goodness. I have so many. I really have so many. Oh my God. Which is my favorite? Let's see. I have them all over my wall. Um, Jeremiah 29, 11. Mm -hmm. I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. So whenever I'm going through any rough season, any, any patch, I'm like, Oh, he got me Yeah. back to that scripture. And it just stress is gone. Amen to that. And he, he has, and he has, yeah, I'm, I'm going through a season right now. And I'm like, for, I know the plans I have for you declares the Lord. Yeah. Oh man. This is, this has been such a good conversation and I, I don't know. I, I just want to pray the rest of the day after this <laughs> because God is so good. And thank you for your testimony. Thank you for your time and God bless you. So those of you that are listening, if this message touched you, which I'm sure it did, please subscribe, leave a review, share it and go connect with Mickey. God bless you.